Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Pine. M-I-P. Once again, folks, it's Thursday. That means it's time for Thursday Coast with the founder and publisher of Daily Coast, the founder of Civics with a Q, and the host of Daily Coast, The Brief. The Brief. I'm getting my show confused. I got so many shows. <laughs> the Brief. The host of The Brief, uh, Marcos Melissas, once again with us on Make It Plain. Hey, buddy. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So it looks like Putin wanted a joint press conference. And the White House, I think, very smartly said no. You know, I mean, I think that was a smart decision on their part, don't you? Yeah, for sure. And even before that, they, uh, I don't know if you saw, but Biden made Putin wait. So Putin famously shows up late. It's a power move, right? Obviously, to make the other side wait. He made Donald Trump wait for an hour at their last summit. Donald was too stupid to realize that he was being played. And so I think that was two sort of power moves. One is to have Putin show up first, make him wait a while, and then make Putin go first at the press conference, so then he could actually close out. So I think both ways was a bit of a power move. Um, I think Putin obviously knows now that he's not dealing with a bunch of idiots. And I don't know if you saw it too, but he actually took a he took a swipe at George Bush and Donald Trump in his statement. <laughs> he said something like, uh, you know, it's, it was it was a constructive talks, right? Same nonsense, diplomatic speak for nothing happened, right? But it was constructive talks, and it's not like – any lifelong friendships were made. Nobody gazed into anybody's soul, but so on, so on, so on. And of course, we all know that Donald Trump was obsessed with being friends with Putin. It's weirdly girl crush that he has on him. And then George Bush famously looked into Putin's soul way back in, he felt like it was like 2001. So yeah, no, now he's dealing with somebody who knows his, his shit. And uh, 
And it's it's clear that we need to take a harder line towards Russia. Russia is a threat, not just to the international order, but also to American democracy itself. How do you feel about Biden's overall performance at the G7? Obviously, it was a it was a course correct. The direction Trump had moved America during his term in terms of its stature in the world, America's stature in the world. It, it did did Biden you think do an effective job at bringing America back to where it's supposed to be in the eyes of the international community? I think he started the process. If I'm the international community, I don't trust the United States. I mean, Donald Trump didn't lose by that much given the the idiocy of the Electoral College. The Republican Party is all in on Donald Trump and his disrespect of international norms. So you have one of the two parties... And very well, Republicans may take one or both chambers of Congress next next November. So if I'm the world, I'm not I'm not feeling particularly comfortable with the United States. There is a temporary pause in the insanity that was Donald Trump. I don't think anybody has any reason to believe that the old, normalized, reliable America with all its warts. Let's not pretend that American foreign policy is. Is all is all uh, apple pie and puppies, but there was at least a certain consistency, and you knew that if you signed a treaty with the United States, that the United States would abide by that treaty. And Donald Trump shredded that that expectation. And I don't think it's going to take a Joe Biden. I don't think there's anything Joe Biden can do to change that. I think what it's going to take is a opposition party or Republican party that itself has moved back into normalcy. Like, for example, like Mitt Romney suddenly was in charge, right? That then you're okay. Then you can trust these people. You can't trust. You can't trust. I wouldn't trust America today. I mean, uh, I wouldn't. I do not trust America today. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about China? A lot of conversation about China, Marcos, and um, the G7 preparing uh, to go hard against China. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I mean, you, you're talking about two despotic regimes that violate human rights. Um, they're not friends. They have been convenient I, colleagues in, in business world, right, by providing cheap labor for American manufactured goods. It feels like that's changing. Uh, for example, Apple is diversifying the country's that uh, where its products are manufactured, including getting more things you know manufactured here in the United States. Um, I think corporate America needs to be needs to realize, and I think you're seeing that happen that shift that that um, it is dangerous to have put all our eggs in that basket. And and so there's this dance because China needs that needs those jobs, right? They got what almost two billion people if not 2 billion people already. And the last thing that that government needs is, is restlessness, right? And the way to keep people happy is to give them jobs and, and to improve their quality of life. So they need that American and international investment. On the other hand, they are a nation of nationalists who uh, are asserting themselves aggressively in Hong Kong uh, against Taiwan, the South China Sea. So you got all those sort of complicated geopolitical issues. And then you got all of the, you know, their neighbors feeling a little anxious about that. And um, I mean, it's clear that the U S right now is war gaming conflict with China. I think it sees China as our biggest potential 
future enemy. The Pentagon budget actually shifted a great deal of money from the Army to the Navy, which is all China-focused. So yeah, it's complicated. And, and what's really sort of distressing is that for the longest time, there was this idea that by opening up some of these countries like China economically, that sort of Western-style dem democratic values would take hold. And instead, as we've seen the opposite, right? And the, the Trump administration and its actions, this despotic action sort of point to that direction where China's values are actually the ones that seem to be on the rise internationally. And even with the tech giants, with, uh, you know, allowing censorship on their platforms and turning over information on dissidents and that sort of thing. So it's, it's an ugly, we're in a little bit of an ugly point in history, I think, as sort of new technology and this I don't know, communication opening up of the world clash against nationalism, racism, xenophobia, all the old, all the old hates. And what does that mean <laughs> for countries like China, the United States, Russia, and so on? Good point. I was with Bishop Barber in Charleston, West Virginia on Monday, Moral Monday March on Mansion, who's office in Charleston is in the West Virginia Lottery Building. <laughs> and a lot of people came out, talked to a number of people who were white, who were veterans, who are sick of Joe Manchin and see that he's not delivering to the people of Charleston and, and, and not at all to the people in the country. Plus, so there's this thing, I didn't know. People talk about this, you know, all politics is local. He zips through town on the streets in a Porsche. Folk walking around poor in West Virginia, and he's flaunting, uh, excuse me, a Porsche. Uh, first, it, it was some confusion about whether it was a Porsche or a Maserati. So the people talk about it. Is it a Porsche or is it a Maserati? But whatever it is, um, I think they confirmed it was a Porsche. People are offended um, by the, the measures he's taking. Uh, admittedly, most of these people are Democrats. They... Uh, acknowledged they spoke strongly about how he would not be there if it were not for them as white democrats and as black democrats okay and that mansion is not attuned to or listening to the will of the people and so that's an that's an ongoing thing and you know he's clearly made himself the deal maker in all affairs i think uh today he introduced more information on what he might be willing to compromise on when it comes to voting rights, but that's it. That voting rights, his his proposed voting rights bill is actually quite excellent, to be honest. It's not great. So? I mean, no, 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 no. It's great over the status quo. It's not the best, but it's actually, it bans partisan gerrymandering. It has automatic voter registration at the DMV when you get your license nationally. It mandates a two-week early voting period. It makes Election Day a federal holiday. It allocates money to promote voting. I had a lot of good stuff. Didn't have everything that, that HR1 does and S1 have, right? It's not, it's not the full 100% wish list. But this goes a long way towards making it easier for people to vote and making it hard for states to limit the franchise. So... I, you know, my whole thing right now is like, call it the Joe Manchin Voting Reform Act or whatever you want to call it. Give it, name it after him. Then let's see what happens when Republicans start filibustering it. And does he at that point 
decide to make a move on the filibuster. Because that's the thing. All whatever Joe Manchin thinks about this bill doesn't mean squat because it's going to get filibustered. So the question is, what's he going to do once it's filibustered? And he has a lot of skin in the game now. He, he's outlined what he wants to see. And, and Mark, this really is a step forward. Just the gerrymandering ban alone is massive. That right there is huge. That could cost Republicans 30 seats easy. So I think that's fine. Now, you know, we've talked about Joe Manchin before. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a Joe Manchin apologist, but I'm, I am very cognizant of his reality. And all the Democrats in West Virginia can complain about Joe Manchin and how they need Manchin needs them. But the fact is that there's about 30 percent of Democrats in West Virginia. Democrats by themselves aren't going to get anybody elected in West Virginia. That's just the cold, hard political reality of the situation. And so my approach with Manchin, remember, Donald Trump won West Virginia by 40 points. It was it was it was 70, 30, Donald Trump. So my problem with, with Manchin is when he does things that are he opposes things that are popular with everybody, including Republicans. That's the crap that gets obnoxious. And of course, it's like peacocking and making himself the center of everybody's attention and that stuff can be obnoxious, but electorally, I get he's in a tough place. And so he's not going to cater to a Democratic minority in the state when they're not going to get him elected. So he needs to do. And, and the problem is, Mark, you know, he's won so many elections. Right. So he it just sort of reinforces his <laughs> he thinks what he's doing is working. And it probably is. That's the messed up part. More MIP after this message. Hey, peeps, it's your girl, Danielle Moody, host of Woke AF Daily. Every weekday, I'm sounding the alarm and keeping you woke to all the pure evil that is going on in our country. Check me out now at patreon.com slash woke AF. Get five new shows every week for just $5 a month. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Part of the flaws just and, and I'm just being able to kind of review this universal voter id is a problem that's in the bill but wait uh, hold on hold on hold on it also allows using things like utility bills as evidence as evidence that's of, of residency in, in identity so it, um, it doesn't have to be a uh a physical and voter id i mean i would love to see like an analysis are there people who don't have id but also don't have a utility bill don't have a bank statement don't have any other anything else that has their name and their address on there and in any case id should be given out for free i mean that that would be the other piece if if it's in any way there should be something that these individuals should be able to show and if they're not able to do so then you provide it for free i mean that has to be part of it but in the end voter id is probably, I mean, I, I think he's threw it in there because he thinks he's going to get Republicans to come along. That it'll, it'll be the concession to Republicans to get 10 of them to come along. It's not, not going to happen, obviously. The gerrymandering portion is, uh, is massive. It is dramatic. And it, it really, really cuts to a major Republican advantage. Do you see anything else in there that's that's problematic? Yeah. There's some, uh, there's some yeah, stuff yeah. on the John Lewis stuff that I didn't understand. I had to dig into it a little bit more. I haven't had a chance. Barring no excuse absentee voting. No, it doesn't bar it. It doesn't requ it, it it doesn't require it. So California can still have it. 
Washington, whatever, any state can have it. The HR one S one requires it. Like it would, it would require every state to have no excuse absentee voting. He basically said, I don't want that part in there. He also left, he also took out a provision that would bar states from purging their voter rolls. But Mark, those, those are status quo items. He's not, he's not removing rights. Those, that's just stuff that Democrats try to make, to include, to make it easier to vote. And he just took them out. Right. So this is a step forward. It's not the whole trip. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's incremental. He claims he has 60 votes on this. He claims he's got 60. He claims he can get 60. I mean, he claims he can get 60 votes. All right. If he can get 60, great. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if he can get 60 on this, I will absolutely laud his tactical <laughs> persuasive skills. I don't believe it in a second. I don't believe he's got more than two. Because why would they? Why would Republicans give up? an advantage of maybe 30 seats in the house from gerrymandering. Well, it but the literally other thing, makes no sense. The other thing too, that is unresolved. What was taken out of the original voting rights act. And that is preclearance. And yeah, that, there's some preclearance stuff in there that I don't quite understand. I haven't dug into that doesn't look great, but it's uh, gone right now. There's no preclearance right now anyway. And that's the problem. That's what yeah. the Supreme court, took out that we were trying right, to get back. Right, right. So what what I'm saying is that it's that the obviously the Democratic bill, the for the people act is far more comprehensive than this. It includes ton of stuff, right? Right. Manchin came in and says, I agree with maybe fifty percent of it. I'll this is the fifty percent right. of it. And we'll throw in some voter ID requirement for because maybe that'll get ten Republicans in his mind. He won't. But maybe that's what he thinks. And uh, so this is one of those questions where, you know, we either get nothing or we get a ban on gerrymand partisan gerrymandering. I mean, that alone is almost the worst, you know, worth the price of admission. And there's actually some good stuff in there. So it is much better than the status quo. And it actually goes a long way towards mitigating a lot of the voter suppression tactics that Republicans are trying to implement because they can't win a fair fight doesn't go all the way but we know that we're not going to go all the way on anything as long as we have mansion you know calling the shots we need a filibuster proof majority that doesn't mean 60 anymore it means we need to get what 55 54 55 democrats elected that'll eliminate the filibuster render joe mansion and christian cinema irrelevant and then we can get the rest of the good stuff that's just a political reality of a 50 50 senate meanwhile christian cinema uh, not only skipped the Senate vote on January 6th commission, she skipped a meeting with Texas Democrats to discuss passing voting rights legislation. And she skipped Vice President Harris's luncheon for all women senators, where everyone but one Republican attended. Cinema stepped out on that. Meanwhile, there's more evidence that it's the U.S. chamber that is backing Mansion and Cinema with campaign contributions. So we talk about Mansion, but what is what what is Cinema doing? I don't know. You know, Mansion. Uh, you just heard me. I've defended Mansion because he's in a forty-point Trump state. There's there's literally no reason for Cinema to be Cinema, and civics polling has shown her popularity plummet since she voted against the minimum wage hike. Her fellow Democrat Mark Kelly in Arizona 
his popularity rose after he voted for that. He is popular. She is not. I don't know if she can win a general election today. She's. I don't. I really don't think she's going to win a a primary. And Mark, I have a. I have Congressman Ruben Gallego joining me on the brief in two weeks. So you know, I'll be asking <laughs> whether he's ready for a primary challenge because he'd be a natural primary challenger against Kristen Sinema. There might be multiple, which wouldn't be ideal. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of appetite. She's not. She's acting as though she represents Barry Goldwater's Arizona. And that Arizona is gone, right? Where it's now a 50-50 state. It's now a battleground. It's on a rate. It's it's literally 50-50. She doesn't need to act like Republic. She needs Republicans to win. She doesn't need Republicans to win. She needs to motivate Democrats. Republicans are never going to like her. But Mark, you know what? There's something else there. I mean, clearly she's not doing the political math. She's not looking at the polls. None of them are doing her any favors. I don't think there's I there's something off. <laughs> about cinema and I, i'm saying you know there there is there is just you know it just came out that she got injured doing a ultra marathon i bet you 100 percent she missed that vote because she was training for this marathon like i don't think her head is in the game because i don't know how you train for an ultra marathon being a senator without i guess missing a lot of votes and i and i wish i mean i i can't get to it easily right now but when she missed that vote when she missed the commission vote her spokesperson did not soften. There's, there's a way to say like she had a family commitment or a family emergency. Right? Boom, it would have been over. This spokesperson's like, she wasn't available. I mean, it was like, it was, it was very cold. It, it, it was sort of like, you know, it made me think like, this is not a staff that is working to protect their senator. There's something off. There's just something not quite right uh, with cinema right now. And I don't mean this. I know it's, I don't want to diagnose her or anything else. I don't, I don't think I just, there's, there's a, there's a, there's, she's not acting rationally any way possible. Manchin acts rationally. You can go down all, you know, everybody in Congress and look at their votes and their actions. You go, okay, that makes sense because X, Y, Z. She's not making any sense right now. And, and it's not even about bipartisanship because she skipped that, that luncheon, right? She skipped the luncheon, with, which was a bipart, literally a bipartisan women senator luncheon with Harris. And almost everybody showed up. So it, there's, something, there's something weird. And it might be something legit. I'm not saying this is nefarious. But there's something happening that they're not talking about and that it makes her not present. Interesting. So. That's, that's interesting. I, yeah, I, I thought about it. Yeah, you may be right. Sometimes strange behavior is best described and analyzed by calling it what it is strange. So that is that's interesting. What yeah, and I just want to make sure that I'm not getting into like you know sexist behavior. You know, I'm not. I'm not. This is not anything having to do with any biases, right? It's just it's just irrational behavior. Does not make sense. Does not follow any dictated logic that you would expect from anything. And her own staff doesn't seem to be clued into it either. Because they're not trying to explain why she's missing these votes and why she's not present. More MIP after this message. I, I give you this. It's a term that I've used more and more in my middle age, which kind of encapsulates what you're talking about. Things, it, and I like the word, it kind of, it, it, it's, it's an objective way of looking at something like this without showing any bias, I would think. I mean, it is what it is. I, the term I use is incomprehensible. Uh, yeah. I apply more and more <laughs> into yeah. most situations. It's just incomprehensible. And, you know, 
That and I didn't yeah, know about the marathon thing. That's interesting. That that's real interesting. And I didn't know about the staff. You you informed me about what the staff was doing. Yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah, and and again, like I don't even want to imply that that's anything having to do with mental illness. It's no, because who knows? Right. And that's a good word, Mark. Incomprehensible, because it doesn't make sense. And there there could be a very rational explanation in the end of the day. It could be a, a sick family member that she's attending to, but doesn't want to make a big deal out of. Right. I mean, there's things that could be happening that could explain it. But given the lack of information right now, yeah, there's there's no, yeah, it's incomprehensible. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Uh, lastly, anything interesting going on at Civics that you all have had a chance to look at? We're in a very stable period. I mean, one of the things that I've been really fascinated by is just uh, Joe Biden's, the fact that he's remaining popular despite the, you know, this, this huge, huge um, split in our country, right, between between right and left. And I would suspect, Mark, that I mean, we know Republicans are seeing this. We know that they they're not going after Joe Biden. You, you look at Fox News; they're not touching Joe Biden, right? They'll, they'll harp on forever on critical race theory, and on the black woman vice president who won't go to the border, right? They'll they'll, they'll spend hours and hours and hours talking about the, that stuff. They don't they don't touch Joe Biden. I'm actually convinced because if you also then look at the popularity of things like the infrastructure bill or the um, rescue plan. They're incredibly popular. I, I suspect that there's a bunch of people who actually agree with what Joe Biden is doing, but can't say that they that they support Joe Biden because, you know, they're, they're conditioned to say that they oppose Democrats. But it is absolutely fascinating to me how resilient Biden has been. And whatever they're doing they're you know, I think maybe just being white dude, right? That, that may be all he needed to be. Like he, he was born, <laughs> he was born uh, white and then he got old and in male. And that's all he needs to protect them from the modern Republican machine. But it is something that they're, they're going hard after Kamala Harris and the squad and in nonsense, well, critical race theory and in nonsense like Dr. Seuss, because uh, they can't touch Joe Biden. And this is going to be actually really important because midterm elections have never been kind to incumbent presidents because it becomes a referendum on that president. And yet right now we don't have an organized opposition. We don't have a Tea Party. We don't have a resistance. There's nothing. There's Q, but they, Q is always out there being crazy, right? Yeah. There's no organized opposition to Joe Biden. Fox News isn't even trying. They're not. They've given up whatsoever. And with Donald Trump now hitting the campaign trail and making things all about himself again and relitigating 2020, that if 2022 becomes another referendum on Trump, and this is what they're, they seem to be going for, I'm starting to like our chances better and better. So that's what I'm really paying attention in the polling. Are they able to land any blows on Joe Biden? The answer is no. And so if Joe Biden's, if the election's not about Joe Biden, what's it going to be about? Donald Trump, because he's going to be everywhere. Yeah, so. yeah. Marcos Melissas, Civics with a Q, Daily Coast, The Brief, all of the above. Check it out. You want to get involved. Three institutions that he has built that are changing the conversation in the progressive landscape have always done that way. You should be involved in the conversation by joining all three. Thank you, Marcos, as always, buddy. Thank you so much. Yep. Have a great and uh, no more mask restrictions in California. This is going <laughs> to. And I think you guys heard the same way, right? New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait Mostly. a minute. I just did an interview yesterday with a with a deputy director to CDC talking about this new Delta variant. So I'm like, whoa, whoa what's going on? He said 
that people been vaccinated don't have to worry about this variant. Okay. But but he also said, Marcos, they don't know how long the vaccines will last. They haven't made a decision yet. And I'm not saying this to discourage people. In fact, what he was saying, get the vaccine so that you are uh, protected against the variant. Because some folks have leveled off. They feel like, oh, everybody else has gotten it. We're cool. Everything's opening. Oh, it's right, safe. Right. No. He's saying people, yeah. he, they're letting people know, no, this, this is variant out here. You need to still get vaccinated. So that's number one. But what he also said, because I asked him about while I had him, uh, you know, I stressed it. I asked a couple questions I didn't get permission to ask. I was like, well, well is there going to be, will we need a booster? He said, they honestly don't know yet. They're not sure yet how long the current vaccinations will last. But but I asked him also down the road, I said, are we living with this from now on? Like the flu? Is this? And he said, yes, probably so. That COVID yeah. will, it will always be with us. And that, you know, we need to acknowledge there may be other things like COVID that are out there. But this is the new reality for humankind. Yeah, Moderna said that they were developing a, a booster that was both flu and COVID. So it might just even be a single shot and everything's just thrown in for good measure, which would be inoffensive. And yeah, we're going to be living with this thing. I mean, I know people that got vaccinated that got sick, right? So when they say 92% effective, it's not, it, it literally is not 100% effective, right? It really yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So so this is why it's so important to get everybody vaccinated to to prevent this virus from floating around. I know New York's doing a good job of it. California's doing a good job of it. Places like Arkansas and, and Louisiana are not doing a good job of it. So um, we may have a situation where those red counties are just, you know, people keep dying in those red counties because of stupidity of refusal to put to uh, do the vaccine. So um I kind of feel bad for them, but it, it, I'm getting to a point now where it's I feel less and less bad for people. Vaccinate or or like suffer the consequences. It is what it is. I was surprised in West Virginia, people were still pretty disciplined. It's not fully open yet. And and I saw masks. I saw people really working hard at keeping their distance in West Virginia. Uh, now you were in you Charleston know, though, right? So maybe if you went out to the rurals, I mean, it might be a different story. I think you I think yeah. cities in general, people are People are yeah. more conscientious of our neighbors if you live in the city. Yeah. And a lot of people so. were um, they were closing businesses early and whatnot. It rode yeah. around with a driver who just was a font. I mean, I got to almost go back and do a whole documentary talking to him. He talked about crime, poverty, opioids and heroin in West Virginia. And I was like, oh, my God, it's, it's one of the it poorest states. Yeah. He, he yeah. talked about how, yeah, West Virginia is rough, y'all. They call it yeah. heaven. It's beautiful. I mean, those hills and mountains, I mean, it's breathtaking to see. But it, what was overshadowing me, just hearing the stories uh, that people were sharing about their experiences and just how bad folk are. Right. Bad, bad all folk are in West Virginia. I was like, and he, there was one other big city. There's only two big cities. One of them, I can't think of the name of it right now. Charleston, whatever the other one is. He, the Uber driver was telling me about how much heroin is there. Oh, and, right. You know, so... No, it's, yeah. it's 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 pretty it's pretty. Uh, and see that came up. It wasn't just about the partisan politics. People were saying that they have needs in the state that are just not being met. Everyday needs. Yeah, but then you know there there's direct correlation between opioid use and Trump vote percentage. Like the more the more uh, and right. and it's 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 hopelessness. This is what Trump really tapped into was hopelessness. 
and yeah. you know what it, your life sucks so let's just hate on people let's just beat up on somebody else it's it's like the bully it's a traditional bully where your life at home sucks because you're getting beat or neglected by your parents you're gonna go and take it out on some poor nerd at school sure. that's what these I, I think that's what that is it's that hopelessness um but yeah no i've never been to west virginia and i want to so one of these days i'll, I'll find my way over there once they vaccinate i guess <laughs> not quite yet all right mark thanks so much thursday coast folks that's thursday coast thanks for getting woke and listening to make it plain please remember to listen like and wherever you get your podcasts please give the show a five-star rating and please do spread the word Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.